Welcome to another episode of Tuesdays with Roger. I'm Diana Gouverts, and once again, we're here with Roger Etner of Recon Analytics. Hey, Roger. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. It's Tuesday, so that means it's a great day, and we have a lot to talk about, don't we? Oh, yes. It's an exciting week. It is. There has been a lot going on with earnings, uh, so much so it's, it's kind of hard to keep track, but I thought we would start... Uh, with an overview of Verizon and AT&T, there was some interesting stuff that happened uh, that came out of Verizon, especially. They came out with a pretty strong, you know, more than 300,000 net ads. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, they've been talking up their fiber strategy. Um, and then on the other side of the fence, we have AT&T, who lost a good chunk of uh, postpaid subscribers. They lost, I think it was 89,000. Uh, but they did pretty decently, if I recall, in prepaid. So uh, I'm looking for your thoughts here. I mean, uh, what, uh, what did the numbers say to you? Well, uh, let's start looking at, uh, at, at Verizon. And Verizon was clearly struggling in a, uh, uh, earlier this year and, and lost subscribers. Top line came down and, and crisis mode uh, broke out in, in Baskin Ridge. And uh, they came out with an unlimited plan. Right. And look what happened. Churn went down to record lows, uh, which I think was a major driver of the net ads because the churn came down so significantly. Uh, and, and they got their growth uh, back on, on the subscriber numbers. Uh, top line is still a little bit under, under pressure, but... I figured that will uh, give it a year or so. It will will pan out. Uh, so uh, it's moving in the right direction for for Verizon. So uh, you know, we'll see what happens. AT and T wasn't too bad either from a from a top line perspective. Uh, I think the, the very important thing with uh, with AT and T was. Uh, profitability went up significantly. And again, that was predominantly driven by the cost side. Uh, the, the part of the organization that's run or was run now by, by, by John Donovan. And we saw then in, in similar news late uh, last week uh, that uh, John Donovan was uh, named CEO at uh, Communications, which basically has all of the at and that we know today. And uh, John Stenke is going to uh, take over Time Warner when that uh, comes through, with uh, Laurie Lee being in charge of international, and they all report into uh, um, Randall Stevenson as the CEO and, uh, and chairman of at and so uh, very, very interesting of, of how the two carriers, the two big carriers are actually, I see them coming back. And, and, uh, and especially under Donovan's leadership, I, I think we will see a lot more from, uh, from, from at and uh, New leadership has, has that uh, you know, often, often entailed with it. Uh, so, yes, for AT&T, prepaid was very strong. Uh, for, for Verizon, postpaid was very strong. 
comparatively speaking. Still nowhere near what uh, T-Mobile has done, and we have to give credit to, to T-Mobile, but I think we will, we will see much more of a fight uh, for the remainder of, of the year. Uh, so very exciting. And, you know, then we have Sprint. And Charter. And Charter, the gift they keep on giving. So first we, we heard that maybe Verizon and Charter were going to try something, and then they were like, no, no, no. And now uh, Sprint, you know, put all the deal talks with T-Mobile on hold, and they were talking with Comcast and Charter. Uh, and now it seems like they made an offer for Charter, it got shot down, and now uh, Masayoshi-san is looking to put an offer in from SoftBank itself. Uh, I mean, what does this mean for you? What does it mean for Sprint? Um, how do you see this all playing out? Well, when I look at it, the first and the one that makes on paper the most sense is the T-Mobile uh, Sprint one. It's just that the two of them are apparently so far away. Uh, Deutsche Telekom wants to have, uh, you know, control of the company. And if you put them straight together, uh, Deutsche Telekom will own like 40% of it. And a Sprint will own like 30% of it. It's roughly how it breaks out. The problem is for Deutsche Telekom to get a majority, uh, somebody would have to take a haircut. And there are small investors involved with it. Uh, if, if SoftBank would own all of Sprint or Deutsche Telekom would own all of uh, T-Mobile USA, they would have a lot more flexibility. Right now, they have a fiduciary duty not to uh, uh, disadvantage their small shareholders. That puts a lot of strain in it. Also, you know, with a with a President Trump who is America first, who said like, yeah, I want to have a a a, a level playing field uh, for American companies, and if it's a little bit tilted in in the favor of uh, American companies, he doesn't mind too too much either. I find it hard how how a Trump administration would help a German company buy a Japanese company and then lay off thousands of American retail jobs in order to better compete with two American companies that contribute the most to capital investment in this country. Uh, really, uh, that, that would be such a... Uh, a, a turnaround from from the rhetoric, uh, it would be very difficult. But I think Sprint, what Sprint did there, and, and SoftBank did there with the cable companies, is basically to show to Deutsche Telekom, look, somebody else thinks I'm pretty too, <laughs> and uh, therefore you should want me more. Well, <laughs> it didn't work out that way, did it? So. Uh, Comcast said very quickly no, uh, Charter said a little bit slower no, uh, I think I think Malone from, from Liberty was much more in love with that, uh, that idea of combining the two than Rutledge and everybody else, but they said no. In the end, these are, you can solve things with money, but 
how much of a premium do you want to pay for this? Right. Uh, are you going to double down on on uh, pairing a nationwide uh, wireless company with a only partial coverage, second largest uh, uh, cable company, fixed wire, a fixed company? I, that, that one is really tough. And how much of a premium do you wanna do you wanna pay for it? That that's you know, is he going to blow half of his uh, future vision fund on right. this, or or, or what, what what's gonna happen? I don't know. I mean, we'll have to keep an eye on it as it unfolds over the next uh, week or coming days. Uh, but I mean, Sprint really isn't the only company looking after these cable and fiber companies, are they? I mean, Verizon on its earnings call really talked up uh, its plans for fiber. Um, they were reportedly looking at uh, acquiring Wide Open West. Uh, I, I mean, what are your thoughts there? I mean, I, I thought Verizon was kind of ditching those plans and now they seem to be back into them. Well, I think they are insourcing their their cable uh, backhaul, their, their fiber backhaul. That that's what I look at, at at this move. It's basically how do we can take how can we can take control over our backhaul. And if we remember, you know, they they sold uh, their cable their their fires assets in uh, California, Texas, and Florida. But not before they replicated their their fiber backhaul that where they had the right of ways due to uh, their their fires investment. So they didn't give up the backhaul there, and so backhaul and they view backhaul is a very critical component of it. That's why they bought XO. Gratefully or, or thankfully, uh, they also got some. Uh, some licenses uh, in the in the millimeter wave uh, band with it, uh, but I look at it more like insourcing that rather than going into the retail uh, uh, fiber business. Right, uh, that's a tough business, uh, and and Verizon knows that with its uh, with its experience with fires, so. They they looked very hard at charter and didn't make sense, and and so those things uh, ended. But it's for me a very difficult. It would be such a strategic U-turn of selling your fiber assets and then buying cable. Right. Uh, that would be like um, such a repudiation of the strategy of doubling down on wireless. And, and finding growth in, uh, in advertising. Uh, but, you know, if anything, the Verizon guys uh, are ready to ditch a strategy that is not working. Right. Uh, Which is what exactly what they did with Unlimited, right? I mean, they had said for a while that they weren't going to move to Unlimited, and then they did. Uh, and that actually brings me to another point I wanted to touch on with you. I mean, so, so two questions here. I mean, how long do you think Verizon's boost uh, in both churn and net ads, uh, how long do you think their boost from Unlimited is going to last? Um, and then second, um, I, I wanted to discuss an interesting point uh, that Comcast brought up on its earnings call when it said the early results from its wireless offering show that customers are not opting for Unlimited, but instead are going for their by the gig offering. So uh, 
I, I want to I wanna see your thoughts on that, because I thought that was pretty interesting, given all the talk in the wireless space about uh, Unlimited. Well, um, so I think the, the churn reduction can certainly give it a, several quarters, if not more. Right. Uh, because that was one of the gripes of the heavy users, was I can't have Unlimited, I want Unlimited. There you go. Uh, over time, people are overbuying on Unlimited uh, for, for the safety reason uh, and are spending actually more money. So if your network can, can sustain it, Unlimited is actually better for you uh, from a carrier's perspective. You put an offer in place that is a, a high gig offer and you put Unlimited next to it with a premium, even though let's say the, the consumer could have uh, wouldn't have used more than the uh, than the high gig offer. They pay a premium for unlimited consumer psychology. Nothing evil, nothing bad. It's just right. it's just what people do. When we look at, at Comcast, I th I see we see a segmentation in the market. Uh, if we also remember, uh, they're basically giving away below one gig one gig of data for free. The, the voice only one is, is like at a nominal price. Right. So of course, the glove box users, the low end, the, the, the low usage customers are going to flock to it. It's pure price optimization. Um, because you see different segments in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the population flocking to different offers. Here they just can go, one gig, and then it's it, it's a very low price for for every gig, and there are tons of people who, if you don't watch video, a gig or two is plenty. It's when you watch video, you need you need uh, five, six, if not more, or unlimited uh, unlimited data. I mean, do you think consumers are drawn to the idea that the buy the gig offering might give them more control over their bill? I mean, they can use less in months that they want to pay less or use more when they have to. Is that something that you see consumers being drawn to? Well, it, it, yes, but it's, it's price. If you're a low usage customer, if you don't watch video on your handset, that, that offer is, is very, very good. Right. Um, not everybody wants to watch video all the time and 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 do that or tethers their computer uh, for their phone. Um, makes perfect sense what they're seeing. The low usage customers that are already Comcast customers are migrating to that offer. It's makes sense for makes sense for everybody involved. Not everybody watches video. Can't say it often enough. All right. Well, I guess we'll keep track of uh, how that trend continues to uh, play out uh, as Comcast gets uh, deeper and deeper into its wireless rollout. Roger, do you have any other thoughts on uh, all the stuff that's been swirling around in the past week or so? Well, I, I think it's more exciting than ever, uh, this industry that supposedly uh, is, is becoming so uh, stodgy and stable and, and everything. Uh, we, we are seeing plenty of moves here and uh, and it's getting faster and faster. Very exciting how, how, how the competitive dynamic is playing out.
there is and 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 we're seeing that whole ecosphere colliding uh, cable wireless content it all comes together it, it's uh, I'm, I, I, I wouldn't want to be in any other industry it's very exciting well, we definitely have a lot to keep our eye on, so we will do that and continue to check in with you for more insights as things unfold. Roger, thank you so much for taking the time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone. We'll be back with another episode next week, so stay tuned.